When you launch a program that is designed by the companies and your students get trained, they pretty much have to hire your people. The future of community college is about ecosystem and industry leaders as well. If they get through the program, there's a job uh, waiting for them. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. We launched the podcast last year with a season of 16 episodes on a wide range of topics. We're excited for season two, an episode of which will be a recording of this session. And now I'd like to introduce Tom Looney to introduce this panel of representatives from IBM, Lenovo, and Cisco. Hey, thanks, Jacob, and good morning, everyone. We are incredibly excited uh, to be here today, in spite of a couple of red eyes that uh, a few of our panelists took this morning. Uh, but I participated in this event over the last two years, and one of the things I wanted to bring to it was a view from the customer. Uh, I spent my entire career in IT over 40 years at both IBM and Lenovo, and what I found is the customer is always king. So this morning, you're going to hear from three experts from three of the largest tech titans in this, in this country. Um, as I said, I spent 40 years uh, in the IT field. Uh, today I'm with a small startup in the AI space that focuses on financial solutions for hedge funds. And let me tell you, I know about continuing education. Uh, I actually started selling typewriters and dictation equipment for IBM. Who knows a typewriter? Anymore I speak to groups, maybe three hands go up. And back then it was, what color do you want? And the technology was it could pull ink off the paper. Today we deal with tens of millions of transactions with data doubling about every three years. And let me tell you, community colleges are at the table, they're playing a great role, and these companies are here to help you. Last night you heard a lot about student success and owning student success. These companies aren't just partners, they are owning your student success. And what we want to do today is share some ideas with you on how you can leverage what they have to offer. The battle for tech talent has never been greater. When I talk tech talent, that includes information technology, biotechnology, and ag technology. And community colleges are playing a large and accelerating role in this space. I will tell you, in most cases, when we had these discussions five years ago, the large tech firms weren't considering community colleges. Today, you're an integral part of every one of their workforce strategies. If you talk to elected officials, if you talk to economic developers, chambers of commerce, top tech execs, their number one challenge is skills and workforce development. I'm from North Carolina. I chair the board of Wake Tech Community College. And let me give you a few stats on North Carolina. I just read them last night. We have over 24,000 open tech jobs in North Carolina. 9,000 of those tech jobs are in the Research Triangle Park area alone. And it's not just the tech firms, it's companies like Fidelity, like Credit Suisse, like MetLife, who now have built large tech organizations. Tech touches every single industry today. And what most economists will tell you is that by 2050, half the jobs that exist today will no longer exist. We have 65 people that move into Wake County, uh, which is the Raleigh area, every day. And it's the only way we can fill jobs. But what the community colleges are going to do with their training strategies are we're going to provide economic mobility to those students who want better skills and higher paying jobs. We're going to attract new people into the workforce that's required. And those that are unemployed, we will enable them to aspire to greater things. In addition, even with these shortfalls, we continue to attract new jobs 
uh, at a record rate in North Carolina. Uh, Infosys is the latest one. We just attracted 2,000 jobs. The president of Wake Tech is here in the front row. When the governor announced those jobs, the only college at the table for that press conference was Wake Tech. And Wake Tech is doing all the onboarding for Infosys. I believe Ivy Tech, if anyone here is from Ivy Tech, they're doing it. Uh, Ivy Tech is doing it as well. It's gotten the focus of the Wall Street Journal. If you go back to an article on July 17th, there was an article, The Skills Gap May Curb Job Growth. And the White House's number one concern right now in that article was skills, job skills, and the community colleges at the core are providing those skills. Back in June of this year, the Wall Street Journal also produced another article. It says, Tech's New Hot Talent Incubator, Community Colleges. And the partnerships that Wake Tech has established with over 15 tech firms, three of them here today, were called out in that article. Same with Northern Virginia Community College. They've partnered as well. Today, Google has partnered with over 25 different community colleges across this country in seven states. Partnerships, partnerships are flourishing, and today you'll hear highlights of some of those uh, stories. Uh, and what we want to do today with our panel is share their insights on how they can own your students and programs that they offer today, not just in North Carolina, but across this country that you can, you can leverage. So first, let me say thank you to our panel for spending this morning with us. And let me give you a brief introduction of who you'll be hearing from this morning. First, we have from IBM, Grace Sue in the, more, in the middle. Uh, Grace is Vice President of Education and Corporate Citizenship at IBM. Grace manages IBM Global Education Portfolio, including a public education reform initiative called PTEC, a grade 9 through 12 school model which now spans over 110 schools in four countries. And many of your states may be participating in it today. She's also a teacher advisor with Watson, which is IBM's AI solution, which utilizes artificial intelligence to enable K-8 math teachers to better meet the individual learning needs of our students. Bev Kreer, Bev is Vice President of Product Development and Quality in the Lenovo Data Center Group. Her team is responsible for designing and developing all servers, storage, and networking systems sold by Lenovo. Bev actually joined Lenovo in August of 2017 following a successful tenure at Intel. While there, she held numerous vice president general manager roles in the data center group, the Internet of Things group, and was creator and head of the software strategic initiatives group. And last but not least, a fellow trustee of mine at Wake Tech, Ed Paradise. Ed is vice president of engineering for the security and trust organization at Cisco. He's also the site executive for Cisco's Research Triangle Park Campus. Ed is responsible for security and trustworthiness of Cisco's product portfolio and corporate compliance to Cisco's secure development lifecycle. Ed, that's a mouthful. That's a hell of a title. He joined Cisco in April of 1993 and is a member of the Board of Trustees, as I mentioned, of Wake Tech Community College. So please, would you give them all a very warm welcome. I talked a lot about uh, the workforce challenges today, particularly in, in the tech area, and community colleges now are really playing a much larger role. I know, Ed, Cisco's had a relationship uh, probably for about 20 years. Would you, could you talk about some of the challenges you see at Cisco today and then some ways you begin to leverage the community colleges? Sure. You know, the, uh, the gap that we see today looking for a skilled uh, IT 
uh, workforce uh, isn't new. I mean, back in 1997, Cisco started uh, the Network Academies program. Uh, and it was because this gap didn't, uh, it, this gap existed, uh, and it was, we needed jobs to get out to our customers to build the networks to access the internet. And through, you know, uh, a public-private uh, partnerships, we thought that would be the best way to, uh, to solve that gaps. You know, Wake Tech certainly is a community college that has, uh, uh, incorporates Cisco's uh, network academies, uh, but it's across uh, the United States, it's across the, uh, the globe. Uh, you know, they're inside, the, the, the numbers in the United States is the, over 1.6 million students have been trained, right? And these are really good jobs that uh, are out there, right? So there's great opportunities. The salaries range from, you know, seventy dollars to $90,000 a year. So these are high-paying jobs. Uh, we've got a great demand. There's in partnering with community colleges to fill this gap uh, is key uh, to, to our success, key to helping, uh, helping our, our students be, uh, be successful. So uh, this hasn't been a short-term problem. It's a long-term problem. It'll continue. Uh, and uh, training and partnerships and, you know, going out to, uh, you know, as, as a trustee, I urge you all to go out to, you know, the companies that are in your areas and, and partner with them. Uh, all of, uh, you know, the larger companies, and I'm sure a lot of the smaller companies also want to get engaged and, and help solve this problem. So uh, don't be afraid to go out and ask. Grace, let me run over to you for a second here. Are, are you seeing a shift in educational requirements for traditional roles at your company? Um, in other words, are associate degrees and relevant credentials given more weight today as opposed to possessing a bachelor's degree? Uh, absolutely, we are seeing a shift. I don't know if it's more weight. I think what we're doing is opening the aperture for talent. Um, and so Ginny Rometty, our chairman and CEO, has coined a term that she calls blue-collar jobs. And those are jobs that require more than a high school diploma, but not necessarily a four-year degree. Um, and new-collar jobs are in some of the most exciting areas in tech. It's AI, it's cloud, it's digital design. And we are starting to bring in new-collar workers into the company. And this is not just IBM. This is an economic trend. We know there's going to be 16 million of these new-collar jobs by 2024. So it's really important that we start to build the talent so that we can address that skills gap and make sure that those jobs are filled. Let me move on to another topic, which is internships. Uh, the tenant for the relationships we built with the tech firms relied in a number of areas. One was curriculum, access to curriculum, which we'll talk about. Uh, another pillar was access to technology. Uh, a third was internships. Uh, and the fourth, now we're working on is scholarships for underrepresented uh, minorities and, and women. Now, about three years ago, Lenovo didn't have an internship program, and I believe your internship program now is up to 50 students. Could you talk about why you established that internship program and why it has become so successful with Wake Tech? The, the internship program really is, is about um, connecting students um, to job opportunities long before they actually graduate, um, and to give them an opportunity to understand on the ground what, <clears throat> what, the, what the job's really all about, right? The biggest problem that I had 
graduating from school was I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I really didn't have any experience actually working in the workforce um, at the professional level. And so this internship gives these students an opportunity to really work with us, work side by side with engineers who've been in the business for 20 or 25 or 35 years, um, and get that experience of the connecting what they're learning in the classroom to what how it actually gets applied. Um, we have been delighted um, with the work that we've done with Wake Tech. Um, the students um, have been amazing. We've actually hired full-time, about a third of them, um, after they've gone through the, the, the Wake Tech program. Um, and a lot of them we invite to come back, um, you know, term after term after term. Um, so we've been able to expand it. I think the original number was only 10 interns, and now we've expanded over the last three years to 50 students. Now, the, f the first class of interns you had, I was at the launch of that, and the thing that surprised me is I think of internships, I think of uh, 19 to 21 year olds, and in that room the ages were probably 19 to 45, and more than half of them were women and underrepresented minorities. Can you talk about the diversity element? Because we have a skills element, but in the IT space we also have a diversity, and what has your relationship with Wake Tech, how has that helped your diversity initiatives? So Lenovo, our tagline is different is better. Um, and fundamentally, we believe that because our products go out to all of the people in the world, so 25% of the, of the PCs that are shipped um, worldwide come from Lenovo. Um, one in eight notebooks um, that are actually being used um, come from Lenovo. So our customers are all over the world um, and all different kinds of people. And that's true for the data center group as well. So we, we build the servers that power all of, all of the cloud. Um, and what we're finding is that if we don't actually include those different perspectives, the different ways of working, the, the, the diverse abilities of, of people around the world, and, and if we don't actually include um, diverse perspectives, returning students, women, underrepresented minorities, 53% of the students at Wake Tech are actually first-gen students, so they're first in their family to go to, um, to go on uh, post, post high school. Um, if we don't actually include those perspectives, we can't build products that our customers need, um, and we don't understand the ultimate solutions that, that are the businesses that are buying our products really need. And so that's been a critical part of working with Wake Tech. Right, and in addition to the university programs that we, that we do. The other thing I'll share with you is when you think of a traditional internship program, you think of summer programs where it's, a, it's an eight-week job. Well, the difference is in working with Wake Tech and as we work with the tech employers is it doesn't have to be a summer program. It can be a year-long program. So students today make, say, $20 an hour, and rather than working in a retail store for $13 an hour, they can actually work in an IT field, uh, get real work experience, and also pay the bills because most of our students, like probably most of yours, have at least part-time jobs. So these companies have embraced this year-long, and what I tell community college, what I told Wake Tech was, never say no. Say, let me think about it and how we can figure this out. We have to do business the way these companies want to do business, and they will help us deliver the right skills. You agree? Okay. Um, we know Tom's passionate about this. Is there a voting machine in the back? No. All right. 
Let me go back to uh, Grace for a minute, then, then we'll go over to you. Uh, Grace, you talked about PTEC and a fabulous program. Could you go a little deeper? And I think there's probably folks in this room that are aware of PTEC. We, we have one, right? We have two? We have one or two? One that has PTEC. Could you talk about PTEC, kind of why you did it, and what are the key components? And if folks in the audience say, that's something we really would like to take a look at, they know you now and they can call you directly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a PTEC uh, is a grades 9 to 14 school model. It's really about public education reform and ensuring that students get to a credential that has weight in the 21st century economy. So when students graduate from a PTEC school, they're graduating with both their high school diploma and a two-year associate's degree. And it's not just any associate's degree, it's one that's in recognized by industry. Um, PTEC, I always say, lives and dies by the partnership. So it's about high schools and community colleges working together with industry to ensure that students graduate with the academic, technical, and professional skills, um, sometimes called soft skills, like critical thinking, adaptability, problem solving, uh, leadership and communication that industries desperately need. Um, so we work together in partnership, and it's really about plugging leaks within the system. Higher high school graduation rates, making the successful transition to college, raising co community college attainment rates, and then easing the transitions to industry. So high school and college coursework is integrated, and I know there's a lot of um, early college programs out there. Um, and then in addition, industry is at the table as a full partner. We do everything from, as Beth said, from exposure all the way to application. So we begin with mentoring and site visits. We bring speakers to the school. We really open the walls of the school to the community and to industry. When students turn 16 and they are in a community college course, they have a chance for an internship. Um, it can be a summer internship. If they have more time, it can be over the course of a year. And they're at IBM. They're not copying or answering phones. They are actually doing a real project for the company um, and getting to really showcase their skills. And those internships can lead to jobs. Um, and they can also lead now to apprenticeships within IBM. Um, we, IBM is uh, promoting more and more the apprenticeship model within our company. Um, we have started in Brooklyn, New York, um, in one school, but this really is a public education reform movement. So we're now in 110 schools across eight U.S. states, growing every day. We're also in four countries, again, growing globally, because this idea of the skills gap um, really resonates no matter where you are in the world. And we started the program, yes, because of the skills gap, um, that we were not being able to fill jobs at IBM, and we knew it wasn't just a problem of IBM. It was our clients, our customers, our business partners facing the same problem, and of course, economic trends were pointing to this as well. Um, but it's also about diversity in tech and making sure that um, we're really developing the talent for the future. I think in the past, industry sort of waited at the end of the talent pipeline to see who would emerge. And now we realize we have to get right in there, be on the ground, nurturing the talent um, who's going to create both diversity and then innovation within our ranks. Um, we're seeing great results, um, which is part of the reason we have replication. We have four times the community college graduation rate. Our students take no remedial coursework, which as we know, um, costs this country billions of dollars every year. 
and um, doesn't set students up for success. So we're hoping to expand the model, um, working in more and more states. Um, community colleges play a huge role in this because our students are earning community college degrees um, that industries are gonna hire. So we rely on working with our community colleges to understand the skills that industry needs and then map the curriculum to those skills. And I know Cisco has had an internship program that continues to grow. Uh, I've really got two questions. One is, can you give us an update on your program, how successful it is, why you've expanded it? And you have a unique perspective because you're a trustee. And a big part of our success is, I know all of you have probably have trustees of what I call show up and throw up. Uh, in, in this case, we've got guys like Ed who really takes ownership and goes out to companies and helps us attract these internship programs. And what I'll tell you is you need a rabbit, and where is he? My rabbit's up here, one of them from Lenovo, Sharma. We actually use him. When I, when I was selling product for IBM or Lenovo, my best sellers were my customers. So what I do with other firms now is we bring companies like Lenovo, like Cisco out to meet with those companies and talk about their experiences. If I'm with Wake Tech, you might believe me, but if it's a company telling another company, hey, this thing works, and I think we've got Biogen, Sagenta, we've got a number of biotech firms now that haven't even considered internships, uh, now they're considering internships. So my, my commitment to you is success will breed success. Find that rabbit in your community and pull them in and help you go out and establish those internships. So Ed, could you just talk about the trustees' involvement, ownership, and then your, a little bit about the Cisco internship program? Sure. Yeah, I think as a trustee, it's it's our role to uh, you know to reach out to the businesses in our areas, right? To start that conversation and to keep that conversation going, uh, because we're you know the community college is there to to, uh, to fill the needs of, of those businesses and to provide opportunities for our students. And the best way to understand that is is to have that ongoing relationship. Right, the internships, uh, it, it's a vital way to, to keep that conversation going, to let the uh, students have a, uh, an opportunity to see what's going on underneath the covers, uh, to be a part of it, to, uh, and for the companies to see, this, see the students. And you know, it's a win-win for, for both sides. One of the things we, we, we've certainly noticed, in, especially in the, uh, the underserved communities, is that the students don't know what the opportunities are, right? And you know, one of the things that we try to do there is to, uh, to have uh, you know, kind of like the speed dating uh, you know, things where you uh, sit across the table. Well, we get Cisco employees on one side of the table, and we get students on the other side of the table, and clock starts and you uh, you know you talk to them for five minutes the bell goes off chair switch and you know we rotate uh, lots of the uh, the high school students uh, we bus them into campus you know have lunch do these sessions we've gone down uh, into uh, the junior high school uh, level as well because we've got to give the the students something to uh, to achieve, right? And, and if they don't understand, you know, if mom and dad isn't an engineer, mom and dad isn't, uh, you know, it, it isn't what they want to aspire to, a lot of them don't know what their opportunities are. So 
you know, bringing, bringing, having those conversations, getting them more interested uh, in, in math uh, early on, you know, getting programs like the, the PTEC program, it's essential to, uh, to giving them the hope for, uh, hope for the future and, you know, something to, uh, to aspire to and, and a goal to drive to. Let me move back to Bev. Um, again, we've got a major focus on, on diversity and scholarships because we want to help those students get across the line. And while we focused in, on curriculum uh, technology and internships, we're really executing the fourth pillar of that, which is helping students get across the line. And both Cisco and Lenovo have made significant contributions. Bev alone has given us $100,000 to begin to fund that program. So she is my rabbit as far as the scholarship program in, in North Carolina. Uh, can you talk about why Lenovo is making that kind of financial investment at, at attracting women and underrepresented minorities into the community college system? So I think I, I talked about um, Lenovo's philosophy around um, attracting talent wh wherever it is um, and attracting different kinds of talent so that we can create great products. The scholarship program um, actually grew out of a lunchtime conversation, I think, that you and I had at one point, um, trying to figure out how to, how to um, build a program for, um, for Wake Tech. And very often, major companies like Lenovo, like IBM, like Cisco, um, have a foundation. And what we talked about was, hey, the company could provide money, but the foundations are the ones that look for 501c3s to contribute to. And so um, we put Tom in touch with the Lenovo Foundation, and the Le Lenovo Foundation made the decision to actually fund $100,000 worth of scholarships um, at Wake Tech. And the reason for that was really an understanding that students who um, are seeking um, community colleges or even university, but community colleges in particular, often need just that little leg up um, of, of funding to help them, right? And it's not just an internship, but just, that fund, just getting that scholarship, just getting access to books, just getting access to, to funding that will get them one more class um, to get them over the finish line is really important. Um, and for Lenovo, um, supporting STEM, particularly in the United States, but worldwide, we do this in China as well, um, has been an important part of building out the kinds of students that we need in order to get to the next generation, in order to, to fulfill the promise of um, the education system that it is pretty foundational here in the United States. Yeah, I know a lot of community colleges are, are challenged from a budget perspective, and I know when I deal with the le le legislature in North Carolina, I talk about these stories of how we're bringing industry in to solve their own problems. They're taking ownership of it. And when you go into a legislature and say, hey, I need another $100 million for our community college, that's one thing. But if you talk about these types of things, they say, how much money do you need? How can we help you even be more successful than you are? So there's so many benefits here. And it's all about creating relationships. And let me have uh, talk about two others. I know as you broaden the relationship and get ownership across the corporation, we've announced a Lenovo speaker series now where we have top execs from Lenovo experience community colleges through the speaker series. We have mentorship programs now with IBM that are getting more IBM executives involved in mentoring and awareness of the community college system. I didn't know what a community college was until seven years ago, and I got involved, started asking questions, and found out you guys change people's lives every day, and that's why I'm sitting here today. So could you tell me about your speaker series and also the mentorship program that you've created? 
So Bev, let's start with you. So the speaker series is actually kind of fun. Um, it's an opportunity for, for my engineers to get out and share their experience at the college level um, with students who are really interested. So we've had three speakers so far, um, one in AI, one in big data, and one in cybersecurity. Um, and the cybersecurity one in particular was pretty fun because two of our interns from Wake Techs are part of, of her group. Um, so she went and, and spoke on cybersecurity and the kinds of challenges that we're running into and the problems that we're helping our customers solve in those topics. And then next, uh, next term, I think we're starting the executive series, um, which is really about, you know, somebody like me coming in, I'm not going to be able to talk about the deep technical knowledge that these students need, but I will talk about my own path um, and my own career and what I think of and what we look for when we look to hire people, coming, hire students coming in, and the kinds of skill sets we're looking for, the kinds of interactions that we're looking for with students. And, that's, and so we've got the executive series starting, I think, next spring. So mentoring um, is always had a significant place within the IBM company. We have uh, 360,000 employees and a really robust internal mentoring program. And we've done a lot with K-12 schools as well. And now we're bringing it to community colleges. We know that if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, and we also know that nobody makes it alone. Um, whether it's informal mentoring or formal mentoring programs, and I think especially when it comes to career mentoring, having something very deliberate and formal is critical. Um, and that you have mentors for students that represent their backgrounds, um, that demonstrate for them what they can be, and really be a guide and a coach and an inspiration for them. So we are launching a mentoring program in North Carolina. We have it at Wake Tech um, for community college students. It has a number of different components that go through the school year. It includes in-person meetings with IBM executives. There's job shadowing opportunities. Um, there's mock interview opportunities. And again, this is all part of a larger picture of opportunities that we want to provide so that it's not just a moment in time, but part of a journey that leads students to actual jobs. Um, and those kinds of opportunities. So we have a community college uh, accelerator program at IBM that launched last year. And if you, you can search for it, and it provides uh, a range of uh, skills roadmaps to what we call new collar jobs. And it provides the very specific competencies that students need in order to be able to be an expert in cloud or security or AI. And community college can look at those and um, have that help influence the curriculum. And then if you're interested, you can also request to participate in the mentoring program. I just want to take a second to remind you that registration is now open for the National Legislative Summit. The summit will take place in Washington, D.C. from February 10th through the 13th and is a great opportunity to advocate for your institution and hear from members of U.S. Congress, leading political analysts, and other high-profile speakers about the current climate in D.C., recent elections, and legislative issues impacting community colleges. Head over to nls.acct.org to register. Okay, what's going to switch gears and now? Let's talk about curriculum, because probably a lot of folks are saying, gee, how do I get started with cybersecurity and data analytics? I'll start off with one example. 
we launched the first uh, program in the country. It was an associate's degree in data analytics. We launched it in conjunction with SAS, which is one of the largest data analytics companies. When you launch a program that is designed by the companies and your students get trained, they pretty much have to hire your people, right? Because they say, hey, you taught them what we told you to teach them. So that's just one example. But IBM, for example, has a broad curriculum and badging that they will make available to you. So let's, Grace, let me go back to you and, and talk about the curriculum that you make available to community colleges and badging that they could begin leveraging tomorrow. Yeah, so we've been um, developing a, an open badge program. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with badges, it's really a digital emblem of your skills. And you keep it in an electronic wallet, and you can share it through LinkedIn um, or other online portals to demonstrate the skills that you have. So we have a host of different badges that are available to um, people at a range of different ages and a range of different skill levels um, where they can come and earn those badges. We're also doing um, much more focused partnerships. So for example, with Wake Tech, we've developed uh, a, a course called Zero to Blockchain. It's an eight-week course, both virtual and in-person, that was created by an IBM Distinguished Engineer. And we built the program together once students complete that program, they're going to have a chance to actually use blockchain, which is like a digital ledger um, that promotes trust as it moves from one, one point to another um, in the transaction process. Um, they're going to have a chance to actually create a, a blockchain around uh, course registrations, and they're going to be able to present that to IBM executives um, and I believe there'll be a winner, um, but they're also going to earn badges at the same time that show that they've earned those skills in blockchain. And yes, that's hireable by IBM, um, but it's also hireable by industries um, across the state. So um, that's important that we're you know, making sure that students have skills, not for specific companies, but skills that will travel with them no matter where they go. Talk a little bit more about the network academies uh, for a minute, uh, and you know. So, how does that partnership work? What does Cisco do? What does the uh, the community college do? Right. So, Cisco provides the curriculum and the courses and the tools and discounted equipment and you know all of the online uh, things that are needed for teaching uh, resources and simulations and games and the tests and the assessments and uh, instruction. So what does the community college need to do, right? The community college needs to provide the classrooms, the instructors that we will help train, uh, funding for the lab equipment, PCs for the students to use to get to those uh, online material, and you know, internet access. And together, that partnership uh, will get students to able to earn certificates uh, that are recognized uh, throughout the industry uh, to you know get those high-paying jobs that I spoke about. And you're also focused on veterans as well, right? Yeah, we go actually go in a little deeper uh, with veterans because of the skills that uh, they get while they're serving. Uh, there's a, uh, um, a, a pretty specific program that, uh, for example, in, in out of the RTP site, we have a program that uh, is, I think, in their third cohort right now, 
we'll take groups of uh, 20 to 40 vets uh, and they independently go through these through the online programs to earn these certificates, but they're paired up with a Cisco employee that's kind of their mentor, right? So, you know, as they're going through it, they've got uh, somebody uh, to fall back on, and if they get through the program, there's a job uh, waiting for them uh, when they finish. So that has been a, a, a pretty powerful uh, program for us. Uh, so powerful that uh, we're trying, uh, and, and hopefully uh, later in November we'll, we'll hear more about it, uh, getting partnered up with other, other companies uh, because Cisco is certainly not the only company that issues certificate programs, right? There, there are several others. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a job guarantee at the end, uh, but it'll be a way for, uh, uh, for vets to, uh, to train at their own pace to earn certificates. Uh, I know IBM and Lenovo also have programs. I know yeah. Lenovo's major focus on education and also vets. Any comments you'd like to make about your vet programs? No, I, I think that, um, no, I wouldn't add to that. Okay. Anything else? Um, we have a very uh, robust veteran training program as well. We're training um, veterans on I2 software, which enables them to participate in cybersecurity careers. We're using Conexa software to uh, match, match veterans once they um, participate in these boot camps and um, to match them to actual jobs. Um, we're doing this in partnership with nonprofit organizations that work closely with veterans like um, CASI, for example. Um, we're soon launching a new program with NPower. Um, so, um, you know, a, a commitment uh, that we've made as a company is to hire 2,000 veterans by 2020. Let me, let me stay with you for a second. Um, another area that oftentimes you think about research grants as being university programs only. Uh, I will tell you, at Wake Tech last year, we had over $11 million in grants. 3.9 million was working in conjunction with IBM and SAS. Could you talk about that? Yeah, it's um, you know it's another way for us to really open the aperture, um, make sure that the IT industry is diverse, and really send the message that if you have the right skills, then there's a job for you at today's IBM. So um, Wake Tech um, earned the uh, or won the award as part of a tech hire grant from the um, from the Department of Labor which was providing $150 million um, to public-private partnerships to help prepare workers for the, for the future jobs that exist. Um, so our project is on cybersecurity um, called Project Secure, and we're working together to ensure that students have the right training from ages 17 through 29. You don't need any experience whatsoever in order to be able to participate. Um, you do need to have a secondary school degree. And upon graduation, IBM and SAS um, are going to be ready to hire. Great program. Thanks for that. That was a lot of money, $3.9 I'll take that any day. All right. Let me ask you, in your view, what, this is an open question, you know, what makes a great employee today? I have um, something that I've used for years. There's three characteristics that I look for. Okay. Right? One is a positive learning curve, right? Somebody who 
believes that they need to continue to grow and learn um, and that they don't know it all, right? And that, that so an aptitude for learning. Um, so a positive learning curve. Somebody who um, um, is, um, can work in a team, right? Um, who who, who um, has the soft skills as well as the, the critical thinking skills to be able to work with others because nothing in our environment gets done alone. Um, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way anymore. So positive learning curve um, can work with other people. And then somebody who's passionate, um, who cares about what it is that they're doing, who actually has enough self-knowledge to be able to know where it is that they're trying to um, focus their attention and, and understand their values. <clears throat> Everything else, all of the technology bits, all of the how do you do X or Y, Everything else we can teach if you have, if you start with those three things. A positive learning curve um, can work with other people and just cares about what they're doing. Any other comments? Well, ditto. And, okay. um, but I think, um, you know, it, it, in this world where technology is changing so rapidly, I mean, it's changing the very nature of our lives, the very nature of work, and as you said, Tom, at the top of the um, session, we don't even know what the jobs are going to be. So we need young people, older people who are going to be agile, lifelong learners um, to be able to grab those jobs of the future and be constantly learning. I think with these new technologies, too, you know, these ideas about having problem solvers and critical thinkers who can apply these technologies in really thoughtful ways to solve deeply entrenched problems in a way that's ethical um, as well as um, true, true problem solvers um, is going to be really important. So yes, working in teams, um, but really being able to translate the amazing power of these technologies in ways that benefit our society. Great. We've covered a lot of territory, and I'm, I'm glad to see your hand because I was just going to answer questions from the audience. I think we've got about 15 minutes left. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. I've got a nod up front. Yes, sir. You go up to the microphone because you'll go on for infamy here because this is going to be recorded in the world for the world to hear. Okay. Th th thank you very much. My name is Reza Jafari. I'm a trustee of the Chesapeake College in Maryland and former group executive of a small technology company called Hewlett Packard. HP, I guess some of you might have heard it. Listening to this esteemed panel, it sounds like, uh, as the cliche goes, this is not your father's partnership anymore. This is yeah. building an ecosystem, if you will, that each of you bring to the table with the community colleges. My question for you is how you can create this ecosystem in such a way that community colleges feel that they have a place for, the, uh, for their contribution and for their involvement and being able to bring some of those resources in and how you can create those, especially for the rural areas. I think government plays an important part to um, encourage collaboration. So we need leaders who can champion that. And um, so at a state level, for example, but also um, at the community college level, um, we need uh, visionary thinkers who understand that the future of community college is about ecosystem. And industry leaders as well. We need industry leaders who champion the idea, who are going to open their mind about who can lead and who can work in the 21st century. Um, and it's those kinds of leaders that team together and show the way. Um, and I think 
you know, there's an, an incredible wealth of work going on. It's still nascent. Um, so we really need to lift great examples up and share them. Yeah, the other thing I would encourage everybody to do is to reach out to the businesses that are, are, are close to you, right? Uh, I know uh, certainly for, for Wake Tech, we've got uh, you know, I, the exec for the Cisco campus and RTP, so we've got close to 7,000 employees there close by, right? About 70% of those employees go out and volunteer, right? We, uh, we certainly uh, want to encourage those, uh, those passions. You know, the foundations uh, match their hours of volunteering uh, with, uh, with cash uh, donations to, uh, to the institutes that they're volunteering for. So there's a volunteer workforce that the community colleges could leverage. Uh, and it's just getting out to those companies and those employees and touching those passions uh, so that together you've got more legs behind it. And just so you know, HP isn't left out. HP actually contacted me this week, one of their senior execs in the education area, and what they're offering us because of the work we've done with other tech firms, and they don't have a presence in, in, in North Carolina, really, HP. Uh, they're providing a uh, virtual reality lab uh, for some of the trades we've got. So, as I said, success will breed success. Another quick example is... I was with the ambassador of Bermuda this week, and Bermuda's looking at the community colleges and how they can begin to begin to build the tech hub, hub and not Bermuda, in the Bahamas. 48 different islands. Talk about rural, right? And a lot of it is things like interactive video conferencing. It's online to really build that. And they actually visited with a, a delegation to understand how they could leverage some of the successes with the tech firms that we've built. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Meg O'Hare, and I am a trustee for the Community College of Baltimore County. Um, we're a large county, about 850,000 people, and the 25th largest K-12 school district, and we're a majority-minority um, school system. And um, we do have a P-TECH high school, but ours is more engineering-focused. It's okay. the first year. There are 90 students, and it's located in an area of uh, economic need, I would say. I mean, I'd like to see more than one P-TECH program in our area and particularly in the technology area and I, you know I'm sure that um, the, the president and the people that run the college know that but I wonder what the best way is to kind of foster that idea as a trustee. Well here, here's your expert. <laughs> well I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here today and, um, and I thank you for all the work that you're doing to provide the P-TECH pathway to more and more students throughout Maryland. Um, P-TECH is actually in eight schools in the state of Maryland. We started in uh, Baltimore. Um, IBM has a school. Johns Hopkins has a school. Um, it is about uh, serving underserved young people. So P-TECH schools primarily serve underserved young people, and the college degree is provided for free. Governor Hogan um, is very committed to the model. We just held a um, a session at the governor's mansion, actually not at the governor's, but at the state house, um, with a number of industry partners to see how we could expand the model um, further across the state. Um, so he's been a great voice for it. I do expect it to expand more throughout the state. So 
Should that happen, there would be like a request for proposals that partnerships could apply for in order to be able to implement the model. Okay, thank you. Just another idea for you trustees. Our president requires it of all trustees. We actually have to wear Wake Tech socks. So that when you're in a meeting and you don't bring up Wake Tech, they say, God, those are nice socks. Well, let me tell you about Wake Tech. So that's our president, a very creative marketing person. Yes, ma'am. Hi there, my name is Thea Selby and I am a trustee at San Francisco Community College. And um, I actually don't know if we have any of these programs there. I don't think we do. Um, of course, 2019. 2019, very good. Um, but my, my question has to do on a slightly higher level of um, politics and community college and particularly how faculty um, have dealt with these kinds of programs because I can see and vision in my own mind um, our faculty being very uh, hesitant. I come from a business background, but I'm the only one, I think, on the community college uh, trustee, of the community college trustees who has a business background. I am very comfortable with the way you're speaking, but a lot of the people at CCSF would not be. They would be concerned about the what they call the corporatization of education, the privatization of education. These are the sort of your words to them, give this little, you know, and they get very, very nervous. So I'm curious how, because I, I think these ideas are wonderful, and I, I'm hugely supportive of apprenticeships in particular. I think it's a great way to go. How do you sort of overcome that? Have you had any issues with that? Do you have any thoughts? And I'd love to hear about 2019. Thanks. So I um, am also on the um, foundation board for the University of California at Santa Cruz, right? And I've heard some of the similar challenges of, of um, the, the privatization of education. Fundamentally, the, um, what, I, what I look to is, what is it that students are actually going to school for, right? They're going to school to grow their knowledge base and to help themselves and their families move forward, right? Um, and what we do is provide a path, hopefully an easier path, to that second part um, of providing a better, uh, a better life for themselves and their families as they move forward. Um, that's the only way that I know. I, 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 the other thing that I would say is my idea of retirement is going back and teaching at Wake Tech, right? So, or at Santa Cruz, right? Um, so that's my retirement plan, right? Another ten years, um, and 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 it's just a circle, right? And that's the that's the way that I look at it. Um, I haven't really had anybody push back on that, right? As long as you can actually show that circle. Um, you know, I would say that, for example, when we do a, when we work with a community college and when we work with high schools, we do a skills mapping exercise. And we look at all the skills required for competitive jobs within the company. And we take out all the things that are IBM only. Because this is not about preparing students for niche jobs just with us with our open badge program and all the programs that we offer, we can't absorb all of the talent, but we do wanna create new talent um, for society. So it's really about opening up opportunity. 
um, and providing um, the internships and the, we do provide free IBM software and services and platforms, um, but it's really about preparing young people and older people with the skills required for jobs, for jobs in the IT industry. Um, and with P-TECH, it's not just IBM. There are now 550 businesses involved um, in the program, so it's really about how do you prepare young people for a range of different opportunities in tech, healthcare, advanced manufacturing. In California, they just passed $10 million in the budget, um, and we're expecting an RFP to come out, go out from the uh, community colleges of California that partnerships, you have to be a CCAP school, uh, can apply for in order to be able to implement P-TECH programs. I'm hoping that RFP is out today. Uh, we're waiting with bated breath for it to, to come out. The other thing I would do is look at outcomes, right? What What is the success and compare, you know, one approach to other approaches and, and look at the differences and understand why. And let me tell you, these, these companies are doing this for the right reasons. Uh, I had China TV out this week. They were doing a feature story on, on Lenovo and Wake Tech and, and what we're doing for workforce development. And all the PCs at, in that Wake Tech location were, were Dell PCs. So Lenovo isn't there to buy business. Lenovo's there, and Bev is there committed to us. They're there because they care. They care about students. They know they change lives. I also work with another institution where I chair the board, educational institution. I had the same issue with faculty. So what I try to do is find champions. For example, the robotics. They had, they had servers in there that were, or workstations that were probably eight years old. So my good friends at Lenovo, donated 10 state-of-the-art workstations. Now, you think the dean of that school wasn't happy? Damn right he was. He was excited. Started summer programs and started charging for them. The faculty didn't like that. Well, guess what? I'm making a profit in that program now, and at the last meeting, I said, you know what? You, I've given you now joint venture cap. You've got a half a million dollars. You can invest in other programs, because the way our state works is you can launch a new program, but you don't get paid till the next year. So they don't have the funding to start those programs. So I said, so today, I'm actually giving you a fund as a faculty. You be the judge. You tell me where you want to invest. I've got this 500000 and as a team, we'll vote. So it's, I think it's finding champions, showing that there is a benefit, and that these companies aren't in there to sell something. And I hope you saw that come out of them today. They are deeply committed to the success of you and your students. When the president asked me to get involved in Wake Tech, I didn't, as I said, I didn't know much about it. So what I did was I went out in the community, the hospital, my wife had an operation. I started quizzing people in the operating room and prep room. I started talking to cops, police, restaurants. Every one of them told me, or most of them, I went to Wake Tech, but they didn't tell me that. They told me their life story about how they got there. Single mother, uh, divorced couple, uh, troubled past, foster child, and I, at that point, I said, you got me. I've got to work with this organization, and that's why I've been there for seven years, and that's why I'm committed to really building upon this. And I believe, well, in a lot of cases, the, the community colleges, I know the enrollment in North Carolina, out of the 58, there's only five that are growing. I believe we're on the cusp of a great opportunity in these community colleges. The universities are not going to be able to address the challenges of these jobs disappearing over the next 30 years. It's you guys. We've got to get it right today. And these businesses are putting their hearts out. All you have to do 
in my opinion, is ask. And today was all about giving you some things to think about. Just ask. And you may not get their cell phone, but I'll give you mine. It's 919-423-1059. And call me. I will connect you with whoever you need to be connected with and share some of the things we're doing at Wake Tech and connect you with these folks so you can take advantage of P-TECH, so you can take advantage of curriculum, so you can find about why, more about why Lenovo gives scholarships in Cisco, how, to, how you acquire a Cisco Academy. We've covered a lot of ground in the last hour, but uh, again, we're here to give you ideas, and I think at this event going forward, we need more companies in here to talk about what they're doing to support your efforts. We've got to focus on your product, which is your student, and we've got to focus on our customers, who are the people that are going to employ your students. So with that, we've got about five minutes. I want to ask one final question. Can you share, well, I'll start with you, Ed, any words of advice or encouragement that you can offer the audience uh, and possible next steps or actions that you, you would like them to take or you recommend they should take? If you don't have a network academy, it's www.netaid.com. Uh, please, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's a wonderful program. Uh, there's a, uh, a challenge that went out uh, on Tuesday of this week for $300,000 in prizes. It's a global problem solver challenge of 2019. It's about using technology for social impact. Uh, so if you want to take a look at that, it's cisco.innovationchallenge.com. Uh, but my biggest piece of advice is to, uh, to involve industry around you. We, uh, we all want to help. We all, it's a win-win it's a for all of us and the students. Uh, and it's, it's an opportunity that uh, I, I wish you all take advantage of. If you don't have a P-TECH school, um, we need your advocacy. We need you to be champions for it, advocate for it with us at the state level in order to ensure the policy and funding changes required to implement the model. I encourage you also to check out Community College Accelerator so you can look at the skills roadmaps. Um, they're very specific and can help enrich curriculum. Um, and if you go out to Community College Accelerator, you'll also see connections to other parts of the program like the free software and the mentoring. Um, and then uh, finally, I'll say that we as a company uh, absolutely do want to be partnering with community colleges. We know that uh, the future of our workforce is in our two-year system. And we want to be agile um, and make sure that we move quickly because technology is moving so quickly. So we ask community colleges, colleges to be agile with us um, so that we can move forward into the future together. I think that the Final only, word. I think the only thing that I'll leave you with is um, the reason that I got involved and I think the reason that Sharma got involved in the community college um, efforts that we were doing was really about the community part of that. Um, my daughter went to a community college um, just out of high school um, and what I found there was connections inside the community that were way broader than I had anticipated. Um, this was on the West Coast, but now, now, we're, now we're in Raleigh. And for me personally, it's been a way to connect with the community as a new member of the community. And there's a deep and broad um, 
possibility there at the community college level. And so reaching, we're not just an employer, but we employ people who live locally, right? Who have kids in school, who have kids in high school, who have kids in the local community colleges or the local universities. And, and it's that connection that keeps us together. And so I would ask you to, to think about the businesses that are in your environment and to think about the parents of the kids or even the, the students themselves who are actually at your universities and the work that they do. And that's your network, right? That's your connection. Um, and that's the way to help communities come together and grow. And, and I think that's a great way to end about is community. And our community is deeply committed to the community college system. We are very visionary president invested 94 acres out in the middle of Research Triangle Park 15 years ago. We just built our first building there. Uh, we have over 1,000 students. These companies' names are in that building because there are owners. They're not partners. I don't like the word partner. I like owners. They own that campus. Uh, we'll be building a second building. Our ultimate capacity is 7,000 students on that campus. And we actually have a $350 million bond that is on the ballot here in two weeks. And our bonds have been overwhelmingly approved by our community because we're out there, we're visible, we're communicating this message. So I hope you're excited about what you do, uh, more excited than when you came in. You're excited about what the future holds for the community colleges. But I'll tell you, number one, you got to ask, you got to take action, and everything starts with the first step. So really, reach out to me. I'll connect you with the right people. If you want to visit what we've got going on in Raleigh, please visit. There are other colleges that are doing a fantastic job, fantastic job. And I wish that you now give our panel a rounding applause for their participation today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the second season of In the Know with ACCT. Be sure to subscribe to receive a notification when we post the next episode. See you next week.